Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Cassetta! Yay! Yay! We've got a fucking great episode for you. This is... This is... I don't know if it's the best, but it's one of my favorite in this series that is definitely <laughs> one of also my favorite series that we've ever done on this show. And I should know because I'm fucking backlogging all of them right now. And I... I I'm so in love with it. Paige did a great job. We're doing Hell's Angels Part 4, um, the gripping conclusion. Emphasis on gripping, ladies. Um, <laughs> okay. It's so much fun. I had such a great time recording it. Uh, but before that, we've got some news and other news. Bow, 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 bow. Ladies! <laughs> <laughs> The first news is that we are officially available on roosterteeth.com. <laughs> if you want to listen to the podcast somewhere new, because remember, this doesn't change anything, you can still listen to us wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. But if you want to listen to us somewhere new, you can now uh, find us on Rooster Teeth's official website um starting today starting this monday uh go tell a friend make them tell a friend go buy a rooster and make them listen to it too then have the rooster lay eggs and then crack those eggs open because it's a miracle because it was a rooster not this a hen is the yeah. worst multi-level marketing scheme of all time if you get a rooster and that rooster gets five roosters <laughs> uh then we'll have enough teeth to rule the world anyway <laughs> Uh, the other news is that we are doing a Halloween live show. <laughs> yep. It's a spooky ghost. It's a sp- excitement. Oh no, porn? it's a spooky ghost. <laughs> okay, spooky. Hey all, hey, all you spooky ghosts and kittens. Um, <laughs> if you. If you want to be a part of cult podcasts and horror version history, then you should come to our collaborative virtual live show this Halloween. I don't know if you know this, but one out of almost every podcast with a funny female host is a podcast that Paige Wesley is Statistically speaking. Ever since California passed the Paige Wesley Act, where all podcasts must have five seconds of Paige Wesley or more. If you're listening to a podcast and you hear a funny lady, it's either me or Jackie Zabrowski. Or Karen Kilgariff. Or Karen Kilgariff. That's, that's it. About it. That's all we got. Andreas, one of those. I mean, it's. I'm fine. It's fine. To be fair, if you're listening to a podcast with Andrea on it, I am also probably on, that on podcast. it. Yep, yep, 100%. That's what I mean. If you want to come see this live and unedited, uh, which is how we should be marketing it. What the people want, they're getting live unedited. That means it's rock podcast. <laughs> yeah. If they could make that out and hear that in the edit, good for them. But I think you said raw cult podcast. Yeah, yeah she did. raw and uncut. No condoms. So- <laughs> yeah, raw and uncircumcised. Cult I'm podcast. Gonna- I am going to be wearing my glow in the dark skeleton onesie. I'm very excited. Ooh, we gotta get costumes. We definitely do. I just found in our closet the costumes from the year that Andrea and I dressed up as each other. I'm going to vote that on that Armando that you go as Guillermo from what we do in the shadows. 
Yeah, because then I could just wear a nice shirt and one of my jackets that I definitely already own. Yeah, and just get some bloody steaks. It'd be great. The show is going to be on Saturday, October 31st, which is Halloween. It starts at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, tickets, like I said, are $20 available through our website, coltpodcastshow.com. You can also get limited edition t-shirts that are only available until Thursday, October 15th. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Thursday, October 15th at 11.59 p.m. What is that, two weeks? You have two weeks. You have two weeks, yeah. you have two weeks to buy uh, to buy this shirt. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all the news. I got through it. We fucking you did, did it. it. Woo! Yeah. Oh, it's so hard not to riff. This episode's so fucking fun. It's so fun. Uh, and I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. Hello. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Cassetta. Yay! It's my week again. It's the end of our series on the Hell's Angels, yo. I'm I'm kinda sad to see them go, honestly. I've been having so much fun talking about these fucking motorcycle dummies. I hate to see him go, but I love, love to watch, to them, watch leave. them leave. Because <laughs> that patch is sick, dude. That back patch. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's so cool. Yeah, Andrea's like always checking out patches, but they always think they're that she's looking at their butts. And so like motorcycle, <laughs> she makes motorcycle dudes so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> always. Uh, I mean, those are pretty sweet patches. And thank you for all of you who sent us patches. Some of those are fucking dope i'm very excited about the patches we got are we ready to get into some sources yeah yeah let's do Woo-hoo. it all right so again we have georgechristie.com we also have in search of the hell's angels from 1969 to 2018 at this point we also have the outlaw chronicles episodes three four and six and we have hell's angel the life and times of sunny barger now when we left the Hells Angels, we had essentially left Sonny Barger in a pickle where Tony Tate had infiltrated the Hells Angels. He had tried to get George Christie to incriminate himself on tape and failed. Then he had gone to Sonny's house and managed to successfully record him seeming to agree with the idea that they should go bomb the outlaw clubhouse in Kansas City. But... This wasn't enough for the FBI because they wanted George too. So they sent Tony Tate back to George Christie one more time with a wire. And George basically says to him, I need to make a good drug connection. I'm in a jam with some people in Oakland for $30,000. And I need pure crank 
to get out of debt. Now, pure crank is P2P methamphetamine, uh, which is methamphetamine produced with a precursor like methylamine. Uh, so George says to him, I'm not in the drug business and I don't plan on starting, which was true. George himself did not directly sell drugs. It wasn't his thing. He would partner with people, but he at no point was part of the industry himself. He kind of benefited off other people paying him for other services with money they made from drugs, if that makes sense. So he starts getting suspicious because Tony Tate keeps asking. And is like, set me up with a drug guy, man. I need a connection, man. And he's like, I don't, I, that's not, you're asking the wrong person. Why are you asking me? First of all, you've left me 75 voicemails. (laughs) (laughs) That's very, very annoying. Just text me, honestly. Well, it'd be kind of like if somebody came up to us and was like, Paige, I need you to get me some weed. And I'm like, you should really ask Armando for that. And they're like, no, no, no. I need you to get me weed. I'm like, why do you need to get, why, why do I have to do it? That's what this is. <laughs> I am pretty much the Sonny Barger. If you were like, hey, we got to blow up another podcast. I'd be like, it's going to cost us lives, but it needs to get done. <laughs> I'm coming after you, Pod Save America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck with that one. We would die in that fight. <laughs> so... George decides that he's going to consult with another one of the Hell's Angel members, a man named Animal, who he had known since high school. (laughs) When they were in the Muppets together. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Animal was a drummer. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's here quoted as saying, (laughs) Has anyone made a Whiplash parody with Animal? Oh, they've got to have. Yeah, that has to exist. I love it, but honestly, it's not quite my tempo. Oh, Bill. (laughs) So he consults with Animal, and he's like, yeah, I don't know why this guy keeps asking me about about drugs. Like, I don't know. Uh, He just keeps saying crack, and I think she has a crush on me or something. (laughs) George basically comes back to Tony Tate and is like, yeah, I don't have anything for you. Like, I don't keep it pushing. I don't like you. And the FBI, of course, is listening to all this, and they think that George has figured out that Tate is an informer. <gasps> and so they pull Tate out because they're like, we we can't risk him getting discovered and killed. So they pull him out. They use the evidence they already have. And on November 10th, 1987, they make their move. They arrest Sonny Barger. George escapes because they have nothing on him. But others aren't so lucky. And George decides from that day forward that he says he's never going to have a conversation with anyone that he wouldn't want his attorney to play in court. So he goes like hardcore. I don't discuss anything illegal with anybody, basically. Yeah. In addition to Sonny, 32 other Hell's Angels are sentenced to prison. Sonny gets another four years and nine months. And this changes things for the angels because now most of their meth production pipeline is behind bars, thanks to Tony Taint. But on top of that, there is new meth coming out of Mexico that's cheaper and faster and angels can't keep up. It's called Taco Bell and it's a fancy... (laughs) (laughs) It looks like meat. 
but it's not. It's, it's actually, they tested that meth. It was mostly oats. <laughs> That's true. Uh, they cut it with Diablo sauce. Uh, <laughs> That's what gives it a little bit of kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that uh, the beginning of Breaking Bad where he puts chili powder in his meth? And he's like, I, I think, fucking yeah. hate that shit. Yeah, he puts fucking cayenne pepper and he's like, That's how it gives a little bit of fucking kick. That's yeah, yeah, not yeah. a joke. I feel That's like, not a joke. That's very real. Okay, I've never done meth, but I feel like it kind of has its own kick. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you are. <laughs> Sometimes I use meth instead of salsa. I just like put it on, <laughs> on top of my burritos and shit. I don't think ever I don't think anyone's ever been like, this meth is a little bland, guys. Like <laughs> Oh, this must be some white people meth. <laughs> Can I get some cool ranch meth? I need a little zestier. <laughs> I thought Cool Ranch meth was just Cool Ranch Doritos because they are addictive. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> what? Only women eat Cool Ranch Doritos. Normal. Oh, that's, that's very not true. <laughs> oh, man. So the angels diversify into arms dealing, uh, being muscle or bodyguards for other organized crime syndicates as they were kind of doing earlier dealing other kinds of drugs because meth was not their only avenue and managing bars and casinos etc and at this point with Sonny in prison george is their de facto leader and in the interim he tries to take the club in a new direction and around this time, George decides to start legitimate businesses, including a number of tattoo shops. And this would add to some of the other legitimate businesses he had had the entire time. Unlike a lot of the other angels dealing drugs, George had actually invested in real businesses. Now he's funding some of those businesses with illegal gains. Um, and in some cases, they may have been used to launder money. We don't have evidence of that cannot prove it but my favorite was that in the 70s following the events at the altamont speedway george had a concert promotion business what? <laughs> yes <laughs> if he just goes around to people having concerts and he's like for 500 bucks we won't be there <laughs> if, you, if you pay us $500 worth of alcohol, I can promise you we will be too drunk to show up. Here's what's really pretty great. It's a legitimate concert promotion business. Okay. It's where, Live Nation. Where, where he would partner with a number of venues to bring acts that they had kind of vetted to those venues and he tells the story of a guy named Johnny Paycheck from the 1970s who had a one-hit wonder called Take This Job and Shove It. And he instantly had kind of more fame than anyone expected and proceeds to become a violent alcoholic. And he starts falling off the stage for being drunk or he can't perform at all. And people start complaining to George. And you don't want to be the person that's making the Hells Angels look bad. So they book a show and they tell him that the show is Thursday night. So he flies in Thursday. The Angels pick him up at the airport. And then they held him hostage in a hotel room 
for three days until the show, which was actually on Sunday, to make sure that he would be sober. (laughs) And so they basically held him hostage while he went through alcohol withdrawal. Oh, my God. This is the best type of intervention. Why did they not film this? This was actually the pilot for the show intervention. (laughs) (laughs) This should be their business. (laughs) Right? First we get you hooked, then we sober you up. Hell's Angels intervention. So they sober the guy up. He does a great show on Sunday, but they basically are like, if you ever show up to one of our gigs drunk again, this was a warning. <laughs> like, Damn. And he never did because he, you know, stopped being popular and didn't have the many shows after that. So, but I just thought it was really funny that they were like, we're good at concerts. It's not as weird as their other businesses. You guys know they owned a -A (laughs) Build-A-Bear? They're just all leather bears. (laughs) Yeah, leather teddies. Leather daddies. Build-A-Bear. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but his other business ventures were a lot more successful tattoo shops being one of the main ones see bikers had a lot of tattoos and they weren't just hell's angels getting tattoos so they used their tattoo shops to listen in on what other clubs were doing as they started planning their expansion that's like how you could you could you could if i if anyone was ever investigating me they could just put a microphone in uh a barber shop like if we ever go back to normal life <laughs> because that's where it, 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 it in the streets the barber is your therapist <laughs> oh man it's just like you know i feel like we have a connection but like she won't text me back and she just doesn't show affection in a physical way that I need. You know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying. Now, do you want to go like an inch off the top or like a two, <laughs> two inches off the top? Is this going to be a banner that says Ma or that bitch Carol? <laughs> <laughs> I can do leaves, but they always look like skulls. <laughs> I do like the idea of people. I know that you mean like probably the tattoo artists are asking, but now because they're so because bikers have proven to be so weird, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, all right, we're having a business meeting. Jonathan is getting a tattoo on his back. So let's all just go down to the tattoo parlor. <laughs> just stand around and be like, tell us where they are. <laughs> I wouldn't be fucking surprised. <laughs> we're going to spell it wrong if you lie. No, no it was. The tattoo artists were also members, mm. so the artists would be the one asking. Right around this same time in the mid-90s, the Angels decide that they're going to start to expand their territory under George's interim command. Now, this was not necessarily George's idea. There were factions within the Angels that thought that they should be expanding further to try and find other avenues for their drug business to diversify into other kinds of drugs and to enter new territories. And in doing so, they enter the turf of the outlaws. So let's talk about the outlaws for just a second. They are older than the Hells Angels. They were actually established in 1935 in McCook, Illinois, just outside Chicago. They predate World War II, which means they've had members who fought in both world wars specifically World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, and they controlled most of the Midwest. 
and everything seemed to be going fairly smoothly with the expansion until outlaw president Peter Rogers, a.k.a. Grease Lightning. What? Wow. Okay. There's a lot of fun nicknames coming up, you guys. That's not at all the direction that I thought his name was going to go in. Surprisingly, great singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chicks will cream. Yeah. Grease Lightning. I'm gonna yeah. be. Uh, Grease Lightning just sounds like a kick-ass roller derby girl. Right? Ooh. No, her name is Therese Lightning. That's why I was. I was like, what is how? How is it a lady name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Therese Lightning. No, that's his wife. That's Grease Lightning. <laughs> Grease Lightning and Therese Lightning. Uh. Regardless, Grease Lightning is cruising down a freeway when a van pulls up behind him, the door opens, and a shooter fires multiple times, causing him to crash his motorcycle and shooting him in both the leg and the stomach. He'll never do roller derby again. I know. It's a tragedy. Uh, Most people believed that this attack was completed by the angels. We don't actually know if it was. It's possible that he had other business dealings that would have caused this sort of an attack. Remember also that at this point, the cartels are moving into the country and taking over a lot of drug production, production that the outlaws used to oversee. So it's very possible that it could have been a cartel as well. But for what they knew at the time, they did believe it to be the angels. And this starts a war. At this point... The outlaws start doing rides called angel hunts, and the police basically start following them as they do it. They go into any territory they can, find angels, and beat them and sometimes kill them, trying to eradicate the angels from their territories. Holy crap. It sounds angel hunt sounds like like a, a Christian activity that you do at Christ camp or something. It does. Hey, everybody, let's have an angel hunt. That sounds very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, it's <laughs> awful and murderous. And terrifying. Yes. Yeah. So the Hells Angels knew that they had to beef up their membership. They just didn't have enough men in the area. They were outgunned. I'm also imagining that angel hunt is just a Victoria's Secret casting call. and that one biker just shows up very confused and they're like nice boobs (laughs) (laughs) can you fit into this thong (laughs) you remind me a lot of my wife you heard of her Teresa Teresa Lightning (laughs) Teresa Lightning they decided that they were going to beef up their membership in the area the fastest way that they knew how because there was actually a third club in the mix called the Hell's Henchmen I was going to say cows because that would have been a good idea too. There's a lot of cows, a lot of beef, a lot of cows. They're available. I'm sure they could ride a motorcycle. <laughs> Andrea, that's utterly ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are really milking this cow thing, huh? <laughs> it's cheesy, but I like it. <laughs> so there was a third club called the Hell's Henchmen. They were unaffiliated with the Angels. And the henchmen had been content to just kind of stay out of everyone's way and allow the angels to operate within their area as long as they didn't get into fights. And George's overarching motto of peace with the angels meant that the local Hell's Angels chapters hadn't gone after the henchmen because they didn't see them as a threat. They saw them as 
basically their common enemy is law enforcement so we're going to band together even though we're not the same club the henchmen at the time also coexisted with the outlaws they had existed in the outlaws territory for years and the outlaws hadn't bothered them because they just didn't seem to get in the outlaws way but then the hell's angels got to the henchmen they prospected the hell's henchmen and made them hell's angels and the henchmen were stoked because it finally lended them some legitimacy they weren't just the third club that no one was afraid of now they're hell's angels but this pisses the outlaws off so badly and they decide that they're going to take things up a notch and the worst attack of their angel hunts was june 1st 1993 there was a man named David Wolf, and he was actually not a part of the outlaws, but he desperately wanted to be. So he became kind of their gopher. They didn't really want him as a member, but they were content to let him do favors and errands whenever they needed something. So he decided to target a local angel and try to essentially make his bones. So he tailed an angel named Lamont Matthias. He watched him for several days, learned his routines, learned what his life was like, showed up where he worked. He had like his own um, bike repair shop, which is also as far as like Hell's Angels legitimate businesses, uh, mechanic shops, bike repair shops and motorcycle dealers are like top 10. They really do not diversify outside of their core audience. You know what I mean? Like they're very much like we're going to do tattoos and bike repair shops and 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 other bike stuff uh but like only motorcycle bikes it's called branding alan they also did concert promotions so. <laughs> well, we have been known <laughs> to be at concerts yes so he showed up and shot lamont multiple times oh my god he then pistol whipped his unconscious head with the butt of his gun until it broke off jesus then he stabbed him in the neck with a screwdriver repeatedly. And obviously, Lamont Matthias died. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah, he was dead halfway through that. I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't make it into the pistol whipping. I'm pretty sure he was just dead. But also, like, how much time do you have? Why do you have so much time to just, you know what I mean? Well, like, see here, if you look at my schedule, 3.30 to 4.30, murder. And that's all I got going on for me there. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you have a pretty open schedule. <laughs> oh, wait. What does that say? That says babysit the neighbor's kids. Yeah, yeah. I kind of got double booked. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lamont Matthias's funeral is attended by over 300 Hell's Angels. And at the same time, the outlaws patch in David Wolf as a reward, making him a full-fledged member of the outlaws like he always wanted. Damn. And this is kind of a breaking point for George because George doesn't want this kind of violence. He knows that it draws too much attention to all of their businesses, legitimate and otherwise, and it causes them problems overall with law enforcement. And they've already got 32 Hell's Angels in prison. They can't afford to keep losing numbers like that. So he decides that he's going to go to Terre Haute, Indiana, which, by the way, I've always heard it Terre Haute, but the guy in the documentary was like, Terre Haute, and I was like, I don't think that's it. No, it's Terre Haute. I've also always heard it Terre Haute. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. He also said Sonny Barger sometimes. I was like, dude. <laughs> 
Sunny Burger. Sunny Burgers. Famous motorcycle riding sandwich. <laughs> there you go. So George goes to Terre Haute, Indiana to meet with the outlaw's current president and to try and broker peace. Now, at the time, the outlaw's president was a man named Harry Taco Bowman. No. No, he wasn't. Taco is a nickname, but he was quite often referred to as Harry Taco Bowman. That was actually my nickname in high school, so I don't really <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say, Harry Taco sounds like what the Hells Angels call vaginas. I, I checked it three different times because I was like, this man's name cannot be Harry Taco. <laughs> I swear to God, when he told other people his name, he was like, yeah, they call me Harry Taco. And they were like, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they do not. Look, some of us were late bloomers and no one explained how Nair works, so I don't want to hear it, okay? <laughs> do you really shouldn't be putting Nair there no, unless I do, it's specific. <laughs> okay, it. good. I was I was like, that's gonna burn really bad. Take it from someone who's made mistakes before One you. One time I tried to nair just like the bikini, like just like where the leg meets the vagina, like just so that it wouldn't yeah. fluff out when I wore under like a swimsuit. And then yeah. I was just like, this is a horrible mistake. It's so red. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is nair? It is a chemical hair remover. Oh, and nair, like the no worst hair. Type. Yes, it's the yeah, worst invention yeah. of all time. If you're not allergic to it, you must have super skin. I don't understand it. I, I'm not allergic to it, and it still burns. It hurts it, like, so it's, bad. It's, it's real bad. Why don't it's we not just good? use a razor? Why am I doing this? Why why are these the choices Because I Because cuts and razor burn and ingrown hair. Like, I get it. I get it. It's just always uh, burning, like California. It turns your fucking, it turns your <laughs> vagina into the forests of California. You yeah. know, it, the nair wouldn't burn so bad if you just cleaned up your pussy area. <laughs> yeah. That's what Trump said about the fucking fires, yeah. the forest fires. Oh, if you just clean the underbrush once in a while. Yeah, if, you just clean, if you fucking picked up your hairy taco once in a, once in a decade. <laughs> Oh, man. Jesus Christ. I put the ass in carne asada. <laughs> Coincidentally, they will not let me make tacos at work anymore. Um, <laughs> All right. So there's probably because my nickname is Harry Taco. There's a fucking there's a grown man walking around calling himself fucking Harry Taco. Harry Taco. And they've let him take a leadership position. <laughs> Well, that might be because, and what we found out, we could probably do a whole episode just on Harry Taco. Oh, yeah. I and mean, then, and, and, and also on this motorcycle guy named Harry Taco. <laughs> <laughs> um, but four years later, in the late 90s, he would actually end up being indicted for Rico, and they managed to prove his Rico case. Oh, Ooh. wow. You messed so up, he, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he eventually receives two life sentences plus 10 years uh, for something else that we're going to talk about in just a couple minutes. Uh, and many of his RICO charges stem from him murdering his own club members. Oh, my God. And bombing multiple rival clubhouses. He just loved bombing <laughs> shit. Jesus Christ. I'm wearing the bomber jacket. I want to bomb shit. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of people ask me why I kill my own men. And I got to say, they wouldn't stop laughing at my fucking nickname. 
hairy tacos and a real hairy pickle this time. Look, I'm going to say it. Yes, I did get my nickname through a Wu-Tang name generator. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool. And I'm not going to give it up. I already bought the domain. What did I tell you? Because I've done one of those Wu-Tang name generators. Did I tell you what my name was? No. What was it? Rough Dominator. <laughs> I mean, Fuck. accurate. You could be the fucking leader of a motorcycle gang with that name. <laughs> I could. I could. I look forward to your business page, your dominatrix <laughs> business. <laughs> well, I use it to get information about bikers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So he wants to go meet Harry Taco. <laughs> Don't, Don't we, we all? all? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. <laughs> Fucking this is love. You see this? This is love. But Harry Taco was keeping his legs shut and hiding out in the motel. <laughs> God damn it. And George didn't know exactly where he was. So he rode out to a local prison where the former president, Big Jim Nolan, was actually serving time with two other Hell's Angels, and three of them arranged the meeting. Now, the two angels who were in prison had been arrested in conjunction with the war with the outlaws, and they wanted to open a line of communication to stop the fighting. Big Jim also wanted the fighting to stop in part so he could potentially reclaim his role as leader, but also because he was worried about what was happening under Taco's rule and the amount of people who were being killed. And so he gave George Harry Taco's whereabouts. So George left prison with a mission to find some Harry Taco. <laughs> Jesus. I do want to say, first of all, there's so many presidents in jail in this story that it might as well be 2022. Uh, Damn. One can hope. Go New York State. Go. Yeah, Jesus fucking. Christ. If he lives that long. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, what is even happening? Our world is so absurd. It's been a wild day. It yeah. really wild has. Day. A lot of ups and downs. Oh yeah, I started mm -hmm. last yesterday. Uh, when when the news came out, like okay, I started drinking. And uh, the news broke that the aide, you know, tested positive. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's fucking wild. And then I kept drinking, kept drinking. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, uh, they think that Donald Trump tested positive. And I was like, oh, my God, that's pretty fucking crazy. It felt like at a second, the more I drank, the more I affected what was going on in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, at, eventually they were like, he got it. And I was like, I don't want to drink anymore. But <laughs> um my favorite was so i've been watching live new news feeds all day to like keep up with stuff yeah. and newsweek has a live feed outside the hospital oh, outside wow. like the hospital entrance where it's all like blocked off with like police cars and stuff and it's just a shot of it but because they're not editing it and it's in real time, you just see people driving by and just like, honk, honk, you suck, just like at the <laughs> hospital. But the and like people are just like, fuck Trump, just like into the air. And the best one was, you know, that fuck Donald Trump song that came out yes. like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People keep driving by blasting it at the hospital. Wow. That's it was wild. I was like, this is crazy. What is happening? This isn't crazy. This is America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any anyway, so yeah, it's been a weird day. Sorry for the 
aside. Diversion. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes to grab some hairy tacos by the pussy. So. <laughs> oh, my God. So. He goes to meet with Taco at a motel that's actually just down the road from the prison. <laughs> that's where most people go to get Harry Taco. <laughs> I mean, a cheap motel and a Harry Taco sounds like a Friday night to me. Am I right? Hey, oh, ladies. Ladies. Where's my Doritos Cool Ranch? <laughs> ladies. Oh, so... He shows up and there is easily a dozen outlaws there literally ready to immediately kill him. He explains who he is and they go to see if they can get Taco to talk to him. Now, he's going because he's worried that eventually the longer this war goes on, they're going to kill him. His clubhouse in Ventura had actually already been bombed twice at this point. Wow. One of them with a hand grenade. Okay, what? Where did you get that? No one knows. Somebody just literally threw a hand grenade into the clubhouse and everyone had to be the like, dive! Like, that really happened. And it was bombed another time. Have you guys seen, you guys have seen a hand grenade like go off in real life, right? Not go off. Absolutely not. No. no. Really? What? Okay. Where did well, you get a hand grenade? What happened? <laughs> they're not that hard to come by. What? But, wait, hold. What do you mean they're not that hard to come by? They're really not as hard to come by as you think It's they like, are. it's kind of like a hairy taco. If you compliment it and spend some time <laughs> in some strategic areas, it's going to come by pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, also, okay, like, you, you can also just watch videos of, of grenades going off. They're very, very underwhelming. If you've ever seen a, a video of, uh, because the thing is, is, like, TVs have made us think that grenades are, like, explosions, but grenades are meant to just blow up and throw shrapnel everywhere. So they're really, like, the sparklers of bombs. They're, yeah, they're the, they're the Coca-Cola of pipe bombs, is what they are. Okay. They're, the whole point is f- so that metal explodes and shards of it go everywhere but that those metal shards are very dangerous yes, and super so dangerous that's what it they is rip apart your body but that's the thing it's like they like people who don't understand like bomb not that you guys don't understand bombs but like i do not i've never bombed ever in my entire <laughs> yeah, life i've never <laughs> i bombed all the time at, in stand-up but yeah <laughs> But yeah, so that somebody definitely was like, this is going to blow up the whole building and just threw it in. And it was basically like a firework for knives. <laughs> a firework, firework for, for knives. knives. The grenade story. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like if a grenade wrote an autobiography? It was just grenades, fireworks for knives. <laughs> I lived a hard life. Blew, blew up I f- once. I blew up. <laughs> I feel like like a death that like fireworks for knives sounds like a death metal band. <laughs> like it would be written in that like crazy scratchy font. Oh, and yeah. it would just be like some Norse band who's like, we blew up a church and now we're fireworks for knives. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. Music. <laughs> Is something caught in the blender? <laughs> I think honestly, I think somebody just set off a grenade. Really, I think that firework has knives. <laughs> I love their first album, but like not their first first album. Uh, so, um, he so he's going. He's got his own personal interest in this, um, but miraculously, Harry Taco comes out to talk to him. 
and they actually broker a truce for the two clubs. And the truce holds for several years. It actually holds until a number of angels were in outlaw territory and they stopped at an outlaw bar. Now, angels going to an outlaw bar is not inherently bad. But it is the setup for a joke. (laughs) Three angels walk into an outlaw bar and they say, the aristocrats. Uh, So (laughs) the problem was they came into the bar wearing their colors. And one of the pieces of the truce was that if either side went to an opposing side's bar, they would not wear their colors. And either... These angels didn't know those rules, or they did and disregarded them, and they came into this bar wearing their colors, and someone at the bar tipped off the outlaws. So about a dozen outlaws show up in masks, so they don't know who they are, and they attack the angels with axe handles and nearly beat them to death. Yeah, no, so they, they live through this, but... Not by much. Being hit with an axe handle is the equivalent of basically being hit with a wooden baseball bat. Like incredibly it's, hard. Yeah. It's super painful. It's such a weird... F- I understand that... I don't know. It's just such a weird choice for me that they... that An axe handle. You know what I mean? It just... Well, you can carry them with a tool chest and have them not be considered a weapon. It definitely makes sense. No, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. It's yes. just such a weird, like, you know... Well, Mm -hmm. if you are a felon and you get caught with a knife or even a baseball bat or some type of weapon in your vehicle, you can get in a lot of trouble. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I feel like we shouldn't let felons have axes. I feel like, uh, first of all, axe gang, uh, Kung Fu hustle right away. True. Classic. Classic. Second of all, uh, axe murderers. Most common like horror movie, scary story trope. You don't have the sharp part. Oh. Yeah, that's the key. So it's not really a weapon. Then it's definitely it's a just weapon. A really, it's just a very hard stick. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Which, when I was a kid, my dad always kept one under he the can... driver's side seat. Um, My husband carries an axe yeah, in his car. Yeah, for the, that always. same exact reason. Like, if someone mm-hmm. comes up on me, now I have something to defend myself with. But if the police come, it's not technically a weapon. That's fair. I only get a very hard stick when I'm around Harry Taco, but... <laughs> <laughs> The point is taken. So they beat the angels badly. And when the angels wake up, their patches are all missing because the outlaws cut their patches off of their jackets. Basically, oh, their vest wow. colors. This is like a Girl Scout style murder. Well, it's a huge offense. Now, I would say this sounds terrible, but like given why this happened... It makes sense because it's like, hey, we told you not to wear those here. We're going to cut them off. But it's insult to injury. It's insult to injury. So George calls Taco and Taco's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I had nothing to do with that. And George doesn't believe him. Doesn't really matter because a couple days later, Taco calls George and says, well, I was looking for your patches. uh, But before I could find them, someone threw a grenade into one of our clubhouses. (laughs) what and george is like i don't know what's going on we don't have grenades i'm not sure like this isn't and taco basically says well until you find out who grenaded my house uh i'm not looking for your damn patches what fucking world do bikers live in where grenading your house is like their version of getting teepeed (laughs) (laughs) it's just like 
they're using it in the same context. Also, who the you're right. Like, who the fuck is selling grenades? Yeah, yeah. I mean, w- I mean, the group at Waco around this time. But you know, that's, that's true. Yeah, he they could. Who knows how many grenades they bought from David Koresh? Could be some. Could be none. I don't know. Also, I'm David Koresh. Come on down to my store where I'm selling wholesale grenades and young girls. Come on down. I'm David Koresh. Come down. I'm David. <laughs> Did I mention I'm a rock star? Please buy my cassette tapes. Come on down. Winning personality. I will. I'll be opening up for fireworks for knives. <laughs> <laughs> a very talented Scandinavian death metal band. No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> I'm oh. fucking grenade your house. I swear to God. <laughs> I also do want to point out, though, like what weird. Imagine that a crime happened at your house and you said instead of hiring a detective or someone with knowledge i am going to refuse to solve a different crime until this crime is solved they are like, criminals no i know but it's just like okay we're upset at each other but in order for me to do the thing you have to solve a crime and I, here's a grenade I and do like understand. here's two clues like what weird sort of grab bag like what if i went to you and i was like armando i need you to do me a favor uh-huh. okay i was beat up the other day uh-huh. and i think it might have been by someone you know okay and then your response was I'm not even going to bother investigating this until you tell me who stole my Harry Taco. And then I'd be like, what? I'm just, I, I want to know who you think they would call to solve the murder besides I mean, another criminal. Is, are I they like, guess. hey, Enola Holmes, help us out. <laughs> like, I'm there's, British now. There's four things you got to know about the Hells Angels. Number one, <laughs> they're very good at bicycles, which I, Enola Holmes, am not. Number two, Henry Cavill's my brother, but he's going to be fully clothed this entire film. What's the point? Why hire him? Number three, I was selling the grenades. (laughs) It was me. My mom was assembling them down by the docks. She Uh, had all those fireworks and they were for knives. I'm just glad because this means that both of us have watched it. Oh, we've all watched it. made Armando watch it. I was like, this looks cute. And then I was like, why is it so long? It's fucking two hours. Two yeah. hours. Yeah. Ten year old me would have loved it. It was same, it was it's same, a good same, same. if you if you're listening and you have a child, it's fun for the whole family. Like that's exactly the vibe yeah, that it gets. I, I felt like I I watched it alone with my cat and I felt like I'm not that interested in this now. Yeah. But if I had a daughter Mm-hmm. I would 100% be showing it to her. Yep. Or if this came out 20 years ago, my mom would have shown this to me. Yeah. 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 It's a good movie for kids that doesn't treat them like they're fucking stupid. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's uh, It treats sweet. them like they're real people, which that's I great. like. That's great. With feelings and emotions. Yeah. I didn't like the subplot, though, where she did try to take down the Hell's Angels. That was... <laughs> This seemed a little little out of place, a little anachronistic, but also they're in the UK, but she did have the grenades. She did have the grenades. She did jujitsu on Harry Taco. It was fucking crazy. (laughs) So right around this time, as the truce is ending, 
Sonny Barger gets out of prison and he'd been held in prison in Arizona and he decides that he kind of likes Arizona. And so instead of trying to go back to the West Coast and fight for leadership within the club, he decides that he's going to start a new chapter in Arizona. Here's the thing, guys. I don't know if you know this turquoise jewelry <laughs> it's that's what we're big. gonna diversify <laughs> fuck meth it's all about turquoise jewelry and bolo ties if by this by if you're telling me that sunny barger's two great loves were turquoise jewelry and meth god damn it did he come his pants when he watched breaking bad <laughs> and it's like um, he combined my two favorite things skylar is my favorite character um <laughs> It's, that'd be crazy. Oh so, but there's not really a ton of Hells Angels in Arizona. So he decides to patch in an existing club called the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> okay. Fun fact, there were more than 12 of them. So That's fucking It's a baker's hilarious. dozen. <laughs> yeah, a meth baker's dozen. A meth baker's dozen. The dirty, that can't count so good. The dirty dozen sounds like uh, that taco pack for Harry Tacos. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like the party pack from Del Taco. Now, I mean, the dirty dozen is named for a movie. So, like, there don't have to be 12. But I just thought it was funny that there were more than 12. And they were still like dozen. Um, so they become the Hell's Angels of Cave Creek, Arizona, with Sonny setting himself up as chapter president. And he starts to build an empire in Arizona to rival and fight George's empire in California. In 1998, the Hells Angels celebrate their 50th anniversary. And at this point in interviews, Sonny Barger denies being the leader of the club. So does George. They both maintain that there is no leader of the club, even though there is club infighting over who is going to be in charge or essentially the voice of reason to the bulk of the to the bulk of the clubs. The fourth thing you got to know about the Hells Angels. <laughs> Is it they're very fucking petty. <laughs> so in the year 2000, law enforcement approaches George because they had just arrested Harry Taco <gasps> Bowman. And it, as part of the arrest, they found plans for Harry to essentially eradicate the Hells Angels Ventura Club and directly assassinate George. And also they took away his food handler's license. <laughs> Thank God. He won't wear nets over the taco. <laughs> the play. <laughs> Fucking so sad. I don't know why that's so funny to me. Because it's just such an absurd visual. <laughs> Because, because you know, there's two fucking possibilities. One, that it's a physical taco, or two, that somebody has to try to fucking put a hair net over <laughs> That's their what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, now, the assassination plan fails, and Harry Taco Bowman is apprehended, and they tack an extra 10 years onto a sentence for this assassination attempt even though it's failed. And George actually goes to talk to him in prison and reportedly asks him, what time are you going to serve first, the Rico or the 10 years for assassinating me? And apparently Harry Taco told him to go fuck himself. 
I mean, why would you even accept that visit? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like some of these guys are just like, yeah, come talk to me in prison. Fuck you. Like, they just want to cuss each other out. And I kind of love it. I don't know. I don't like, know. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, Andre and I both have had family members go to prison. And it's just like, I, you, they'll take any visit, uh, phone call, letter from anyone. And it's just to talk shit. It's really funny. <laughs> prison makes you so lonely. So in 2002, the Ventura chapter and the Arizona chapter butt heads. A few men from the Ventura chapter beat up an Arizona member and pull his patch. Now, there's a meeting that's supposed to take place at Sonny's Charter in Cave Creek, Arizona to discuss a now war with the Mongols, a different motorcycle gang. But after his guys had pulled that Arizona patch, George is a little suspicious and he warns his men not to get caught in the desert in the middle of the night on the way to the meeting. And he can't go to the meeting because he's on probation for unrelated legal troubles. (laughs) Fuck, of course he is. That turquoise was real hot, man. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to his probation officer and asks for a travel pass. Basically like, can I go out of state? to be with my men on the way to this meeting that's taking place in Arizona and it's denied he he wants to go on a gang field trip yeah (laughs) and his parole officer won't sign the permission slip (laughs) right now he cautions his men but they decide to go anyway and they decide to go at night now we are in California we have driven to Arizona that's about a six hour drive depending on where you're going in Arizona anywhere from six to eight hours so if you left at night you would get there the next morning and about three of those hours are just through the desert yeah yeah it's terrifying to be alone like when I made the trip I drove from Milwaukee to Los Angeles in like two days and to just be alone in the desert is terrifying because there are so few places to stop And you never know what place is safe. Yeah. And I remember the last time I drove to Arizona, I did it in the middle of the day. And I can fully understand why they would not want to do it at night or they would want to do it at night and wouldn't want to do it during the day. During the day, it is oppressively hot. Yeah, it's fucking hot as shit. Yeah. And there's like one stop at the edge of California and then fucking nothing until you get well into Arizona. And it is dangerous to be out there during the day but as we're going to find out it's also dangerous to be out there at night i did i have uh i've i've gone through i've driven through arizona so many fucking times just as somebody that like you know i had family in arizona and then also to get through other places but i would like to imagine i know they probably didn't but i would like to imagine that they had a similar ride you know like where they mm-hmm. pulled off to go feed the ostriches and shit you know what I'm <laughs> probably probably not <laughs> Probably not. This fucking ostrich bit me. Get the grenades. Get them. <laughs> I don't think they stopped at the mystery spot. Like, I don't, no. I don't think so. <laughs> they fucking stopped for, to look at the thing. By the yeah. way, if you ever drive through fucking Arizona, don't ever pay money to look at the thing. It's going to say, what is the thing? It's a fucking fake mummy. Okay? That's what it is. They're, don't believe any of the hype. It's bullshit. I love it. I, w- I do stop at Arizona, though. Do stop oh, at Arizona. I apparently. never have been there. That sounds great. 
Arizona is a wildlife park committed to uh, taking care of wildlife in Arizona, and you can see species that are native to the land there. It's see, great. Fucking even your trip to Arizona is cooler than mine. You know, That's we magical. went to the ostrich farm every single time. I got bit <laughs> by an ostrich every single time. So by the third time, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go feed a fucking ostrich. I know what's gonna happen. See, I. I went to Arizona a couple times as a kid, but we always flew. I didn't drive to Arizona until like three years ago as a full-blown adult and was like alone for a week in Arizona doing comedy at a festival. And so I went and saw the Grand Canyon. I went to Arizona. Like I went on all kinds of excursions. I had a blast. I fucking hate Arizona because now I'm I'm not even lying. All I can think of when I think of Arizona is getting bit by fucking ostrich. That's it. And they do that in California. Yeah. You can get bit by an ostrich really anywhere. You don't have to travel. As long as you bring the ostrich, yeah. Okay. I will say though that they have a perfect fucking business plan because you go get bit by the ostrich and they almost guarantee that you get bit by the they tell you they're like the ostriches they don't like people but go okay here go bring fucking food right up to their stupid faces (laughs) so you feed an ostrich and then the ostrich tries to eat you and you get bit and you're like man i fucking hate ostriches and then the only exit is through the gift shop where they're like hey do you want to eat some dead fucking ostrich hey we killed some ostrich and made them into jerky and shit you want to eat their dead bodies in front of them ostrich is delicious also, real talk, this is the closest thing we'll ever get to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. And if you knew what the ostrich farm looked like, it'd fucking depress you, all right? Well, because birds are the closest things to, to dinosaurs, actually, large birds. That's true, yeah. although I would argue that Barizona is the closest we'll get to Jurassic Park because it's a drive-through park. That's pretty That's cool. True. So you drive and there's giant black bears and wolves and then there's a like a zoo uh employee that's like keep moving, keep driving, do not stop and you're just like is this safe? Is like, he just like in a cage like shark yes. like it lowers Really? Yes. Are you fucking kidding? I me? am not kidding you. How and does then he get there? Well, I, I don't know. And then there's some <laughs> He's somebody sec- that got left behind by a family oh that God. didn't keep going. There's there's some sections where they don't think the animals are dangerous. Like you drive through bison and like that's pretty cool and, you know, stuff or whatever. Uh, but the wolves and the bears, they're just like, do not stop. <laughs> they're just like, OK. My Jeez. favorite part of Yellowstone is when tourists try and get really close to wildlife and the park rangers lose their fucking mind. Because yeah, fucking don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty you're, much. Yep. You're in their house. <laughs> fuck out and also i just this is the last point i want to make because andrea said that the ostrich farm was as close that we would get to jurassic park so imagine if after surviving the events of jurassic park uh they fucking took the kids to a gift shop and were like hey you want to eat some dead fucking raptor (laughs) hell yeah that's what the feeling is like I will absorb them and absorb their power i have conquered the raptor i want fucking revenge fuck you yes Now, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Back to the Hells Angels trip through Arizona. His men don't listen and they go at night. And they go to the meeting at the Coyote Wild Bar in Cave Creek. One member is playing video games. And he sees another member outside. And as he's watching, a man pulls up, pulls a gun, and shoots the member outside And that member dies later that night. And it's suspected that this was an internal murder as payback for taking the patch 
off the Cave Creek member earlier that year. Guys, I thought this was the Coyote Ugly Bar. <laughs> and there are not as many titties I expected and quite a bit more murder. Well, there's they did different kick my kind beer, of though. They did yeah. kick my beer. <laughs> different kind of titties. I'm just imagining that it's shirtless bikers dancing on the bar. <laughs> so that leads us to March 21st, 2003 at a bar called Bridget's Last Laugh where a member with the last name Hoover, who was Barger's number two in charge, is found slumped over his handlebars, shot in the head, sniper style. Oh, my God. This is considered payback for the man who died at the Coyote Wild. So this is just angel on angel murder. This is angel on angel murder. Wow. And at this point, law enforcement believes that George is the one that killed Hoover, the second murder which is revenge for the first member, whose name was Josh, being killed by one of Sonny's men. And so in 2003, the next year, a magazine article comes out about Sonny Barger and his wife. Now, his wife at the time, a woman named Noelle, got into a confrontation on the freeway because Sonny had a girl from a bar on his bike and his wife Noelle got on her bike and they literally chased down the freeway trying to run each other off the road. What What the the fuck? They end up back home where Sonny and Noelle get into a literal fist fight and Sonny beats her up so badly she cannot walk. Oh my God. What the fuck? He calls 911 for her, which is a mistake because members are forbidden to contact law enforcement for any reason, and the penalty is expulsion from the club. And this is now published in a local magazine because it was a huge crime story at the time. Yeah. And now people are calling for Sonny's expulsion from the club, and he can't deny the 911 call because there's tape of it. Wow. Yeah. God. So George is asked to facilitate Sonny's expulsion from the club because no one else wants to do it. So he confronts Sonny. Sonny denies it. They pull the 911 tape because I don't know if you know, you can pull most 911 tapes. Really? Yeah. It used to be a lot easier to do. It's a little less easy now, but that's how a lot of podcasts play 911 tapes. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, So they're public record, basically. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, wow. a lot of people don't know this, but you can actually also pull uh, Domino's phone calls. It's for the same thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear what anyone's... That's how a lot of true crime podcasts get uh, those calls. Yeah, there you go. So they had pulled the 911 tape to prove it. Uh, his wife on the tape actually says she's paralyzed, although I don't think she is permanently paralyzed. I do think she was just injured at the time. But I don't know. That's still um, a brutal. I mean, if you can't any walk, beating, any is beating is a bad beating. Horrible. It's bad all around. Yeah. So Just be a fucking adult and throw a grenade in her empty house. Okay. Now, if you've never called nine one one before, you might not know. But if you call nine one one for a domestic dispute like this, oftentimes they will ask you about any weapons stored in the house, and. Sonny tells them where his multiple weapons are stored in the house. 
which again is a huge no-no where the club basically argues like, yo, you could have anonymously phoned this in and left her outside. Like you, she was not going to die. You did the wrong thing, which I'm like, First of all, he shouldn't have beat her up in the first place. That would yeah. have stopped yeah. this problem. Yeah, maybe one. take yeah, yeah, yeah. take issue with that, maybe. Secondly, the idea that you would just like, hey, uh, come pick up this lady. I don't know how she got there. Bye. <laughs> and not have any repercussions from that is crazy. Uh, thirdly, this does not go well for them. They fight about it for two hours in a meeting. And George finally settles on Sonny, just apologize so we can all move on. Apologize for potentially exposing us to law enforcement by doing this. And Sonny says, I don't answer to anybody. And no one stands up against Sonny. And he retains his membership. Wow. Wow. And George and Sonny basically stop speaking for the most part. Where they are, you know, of almost equal weight within the club, but at odds. The following year, Sonny starts writing his life story and sells it. The Life and Times of Sonny Barger. It's the book that you've heard us refer to a few different times throughout the series. It's super interesting if you want to read it. So he sold the rights to both the book and the movie, and he attached his name and the Hells Angels logo. Because if you'll remember previously in our series, he filed the patent for it. And the problem with that is the Hells Angels as an organization would receive no compensation for their appearance in these stories. And actors who were not Hells Angels would be allowed to wear the logo in the film version should that version be made. When he brokered that deal, he sold the rights along with it. So not just his rights, the rights of the club. That's fucking crazy. Oh, so they're mad. Yeah. The, well, yeah, yeah, there was a huge problem when the book came out where bikers would go uh, to Barnes and Nobles and like cut the logo off. They were like, <laughs> this book didn't murder anyone. That is kind of the thing where people they're like, there are people that died for that name and logo and how, people who were in prison for that logo. And how dare that book wears it with that, that book didn't do shit. I that mean, book can't even so, ride a motorcycle. It is so absurd that a symbol can have that much power. And it it's so absurd to me that over and over we see like these symbols mean so much to these people. Yeah. Well, and I would say the idea that I think part of the reason they were angry about it, the the big reason they're mad is this deal kind of sets Sunny up as being the Hell's Angels. The idea that there is no Hell's Angels without Sonny, which yeah. is not true. It existed before him. It will continue to exist after him. So they licensed the name and logo to Tony Scott, who has since passed away. Sonny got money for the deal. The club got nothing. So in a way, he's licensed their club without their permission, and they get no benefits from it. It would be like if I sold the rights to Cult Podcast, and I got money and didn't pay either of you. <laughs> No one wants to watch that fucking movie. <laughs> Rooster teeth at me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Totally kidding. Would never do that. Yeah, um, what a dramatized story of like. <laughs> like she sat at her desk in front of a microphone for hours. <laughs> this Kool-Aid has no chill. 
<laughs> Jesus. Paige looks directly into the camera. There's four things you got to know about cult podcasts. <laughs> One, slippery chairs. Two, <laughs> Henry Cavill should really stop wearing clothes. Three, cheese question mark. Four, cheese exclamation point. <laughs> Okay, quick aside though, Henry Cavill in his clothes in Enola Holmes looks like he was going to bust open out of them at at any moment. Like he looks like if he tried to put his arms over his head, he would suddenly not be wearing clothes. Not a single jacket fit him in that film. And they were all so tight. I'm like, the, the seamstress was probably like, oh my God. Oh my God, we got your measurements before Witcher. I can't. Cavill <laughs> is so fucking muscular in that movie that he's actually not period appropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's so swole that the only appropriate thing would be if he had walked around in like a wrestling singlet with a handlebar mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Riding a fucking tall wheel bicycle everywhere. <laughs> uh, but seriously though, Enola Holmes, fun for the whole family. Uh, so... Uh, so everyone's mad because no one approved it. He sold it out from under them. And so again, they ask George to address it because no one else wants to stand up to Sonny, which I would say if George is guilty of anything in these episodes, it's being the one that's like, yeah, I'll stand up to people <laughs> because it never works out for him. So he addresses Sonny and Sonny is basically like, Go fuck yourself. What are you going to do about it? And so George leaves the club after 35 years. Wow. He turns in his patches and everything. So he surrenders his membership April 22nd, 2011. Oh, wow. So soon. Yeah. And so a few months later, he gets a phone call from his replacement at the Ventura Club that just says, we've changed your status. You're now out on bad terms. And you are not allowed to contact anyone within the club. So he essentially gets like the way Scientology cuts people off and does the like suppressive person. He's a suppressive person for the Hells Angels, basically. Yeah. Yeah. This is like if you fucking quit your job and then Target called you and was like, listen, bitch, not only are you not allowed (laughs) inside of a Target, but if you even fucking talk to a Target employee, you're dead. We'll throw a fucking grenade through your house. Legit. I have quit a job in the past and it was kind of like that where you just when if they find out that you're about to work for a competitor, you kind of just peace out and that's it. And mm. they like they're like, don't talk. Like, I still talk to some coworkers, but it's very much on the low Um for that same reason like some people get really competitive about that stuff it was a home depot (laughs) (laughs) i i still well uh, up until it closed i shopped at the sur la table that i used to work at yeah like even now i would just show up and be like what's good homies yeah (laughs) who wants to let me use their discount yeah hell yeah dude andrea's old job at the home depot was so competitive that's why she had to keep it on the lows (laughs) she had to keep it on the down lows oh man so as of 2015 he's not allowed to speak to anyone within the club so Sonny Barger remains an active member of the Hells Angels in Cave Creek Arizona where he also owns a motorcycle dealership or did previously own a motorcycle (laughs) dealership 
Uh, he is currently 81 years old. Oh my God. Yeah, he looks so funny. He's just such an old really? man. Yeah. He, yes, he looks like a very old man, a vicious old man. A vicious old coot is what I well, would call him. Because you, you look at him, you're like, oh, an old man. He's like, I've killed like 40 people. And you're just like, oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> <Like, laughs> um, now, George's story didn't end there in 2015. He was quickly excommunicated and the feds wasted absolutely no time and they arrested him uh, basically on an indictment for a 2006 conspiracy to firebomb two Ventura tattoo shops, um, which he was allegedly involved in. And he basically faced a mandatory life sentence and they offered him a plea deal, but he would have to accept responsibility for the arson. So, just before he was sentenced, he asked to address the court and explained that he had not directed anyone to burn those two shops down, but he would accept responsibility for poor leadership. Basically saying, like, I didn't tell people to do this, but I was a bad enough leader that they chose to do it anyway, and that's on me. Wow. He did yeah. not have to do that. No. The court actually accepts this explanation, and he ends up on house arrest uh, for about two years, but also had double hip replacement at the time. So he couldn't My really go God. anywhere anyway. Yeah. Um, so he ends up on house arrest while recovering for those hip replacements. And then he ended up in a Texas federal prison for one year. And then in August of 2014, he was released from custody on good behavior. He currently serves as a consultant for attorneys and basically anyone who wants to talk about motorcycle gangs or the Hells Angels. And he also works with first-time offenders to understand the judicial process, essentially of like, hey, you've been arrested. Here's what happens next. You should get an attorney. Um, Preferably yeah. one that hires me. I want to <laughs> see go. those like educational video types. So you've been arrested. You've <laughs> been arrested. You've been arrested, and I'm here to tell you what's next. Right. When it comes to getting arrested, there's four things you gotta know. <laughs> One, the grenades are by the harbor. <laughs> Two, get bigger jackets. <laughs> Three, you probably should have measured after you did The Witcher. And four, this movie is for children but has explosives and strong political feminist themes. So... He also now currently lives uh, with his wife and family in Southern California. So Aww. he stayed in the area and is still around and alive. So there you go. And that's brings us up to today with the Hells Angels. Most of their businesses now are what we would call a legitimate business, although there are some outliers. And it's almost like it's kind of started to come back to just being a motorcycle club because they don't necessarily have a foothold in the drug industry anymore occasionally arms dealing but a lot of that died down with the advent of sons of anarchy because now they're like well people know our secrets yeah <laughs> that's actually hilarious it's, how, like it's really so first of all just in case uh because Paige got into a little bit it's really hard to do crimes when the cartels want to do those crimes yeah no that's a huge part of it because yeah. they go hard it's yeah. like we yeah. thought we were the big leagues and we were oh, yeah. the farm Well, leagues, because Mexican you know? criminals are like, oh, you think you fucking understand crime and corruption? I'm fucking Bane, dude. 
Yeah. I will fuck you. I will explode you in half, watch you put your glasses back on, and then fall over. I will poison <laughs> your burrito with meth that has ricin in it. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'll fucking I'll put I'll chop your head off and put it on a fucking tortoise like some kind of pun. That was my favorite one. What? Uh, That's yes. how they killed Danny Trejo. Oh my in, god! In Breaking Bad. Uh, but yeah, essentially they own motorcycle, you know, detailing shops or um, dealerships or mechanic shops. They uh, have tattoo shops. Essentially, it's gone back towards being that fun recreational dude club that it started out as. I will say too that at the time they started like tattooing and like wearing black leather jackets were seen as sort of like radical statements Mm -hmm. you know whereas now like it's so like I own a black leather jacket or I have in the past and like I have tattoos yeah it's like I have tattoos no one would ever look at me and be like you think she runs meth that's not a thing you know like the all these sort of like cultural signifiers that came from them being like badass outsiders have now become so mainstream that a lot of those things you know you don't have to sell meth you can just like motorcycles and have tattoos and it's fine and you can also still be tech support for a large company while riding motorcycles and having tattoos like it's fine And also, you know, think of this. A, the Mexican cartels control a lot of drug production and distribution in the United States. Right. Um, The one that they don't necessarily control as much anymore is marijuana, in part because a lot of places has legalized it. So what good does it do you to run marijuana when it's legal in a lot of places? So that impacted them, too. And in a way, it's almost like as the world changed, it forced them first to go more underground and find more illegal forms of employment and you know funds and now as the world has changed again it's almost like it's forced them more into legitimacy which is really interesting but yeah that is where we leave the hell's angels for modern day so i hope you guys like this series i loved this this is literally one of my favorite series we've ever done it's so interesting and it's so like there's so much that I didn't know, but it's a wild ride. So great job, Paige. You did so good. Thank you. I do want to, before we get out of here, I, I, I wanted to tell Paige, uh, we wanted to tell you something that fucking happened today. Speaking of actually a real life old job that Andrea used to have. Yeah. So I did used to work at a Home Depot uh, mm-hmm. and I was in the plumbing department. So I know some things, but. I know where poop goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am know no that, genius, but I, I do know where a poop goes. I'm a trained professional. I know where the poop goes, and I know that one ball got all the pee in it. <laughs> so, okay, here's what happened. So today, I went to take a shower. I went to move the shower head. It's one of the ones with, like, a hose and shit. And the, the plastic. The kinky kind. <laughs> a hose, baby. And I, the plastic cracked, and so the the shower head just fell off. It was like, well, I'm not working anymore. And I was like, well, <laughs> this sucks. So I... Russell up our mind was like, we got to go to Home Depot. And I go to Home Depot and I like brought, like, like unhooked the shower head and I put it in the bag so we could like match the screws and make sure we got the right thing and stuff. And uh, so we get there and I see a guy in the plumbing department is like, hey, we're looking for shower heads. <laughs> and <laughs> and this fucking guy in the plumbing department, he goes, oh, yeah, I'll show you where that is. And then we start walking over there and he goes, what happened? And she goes, ah, you know, I accidentally broke the shower head and 
Now we got to get a new one. And he looks at me and he goes, ah, that's what they all say. Am I right? She broke the shower head so she could get a new one. <laughs> Am I right? And, and like, then we're just like, what? Like, how many women <laughs> are, just are you implying that, shower that women are like, this shower head is not up to my specifications. <laughs> I'm going to take a sledgehammer to it. Wait, wait, That's what she told you happened. But we, she wants one of them premium shower heads with nine settings. Like, what? Yeah, we're stuck in this fucking Home Depot with this guy who's just looking at me like, hey, you know, hey, you know how women always fucking women, women always right? like. Women always like, hey, the water pressure ain't up to my standard. Hey. You know how you can't please a woman. <laughs> and then she gets into the shower and you're like, why? Why is that shower head bringing her more happiness than me? <laughs> and then she decides that the shower head's not enough, too. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? Same. Hard same. <laughs> And that's why we're here, trying to find an employee in this labyrinth of loneliness to get us the shower head that we need. It was just so fucking weird. Where he, the... he said it with the authority of, like, I get, like, ten of these a day. Yeah. <laughs> but it was for me. We sell I'm... 14 shower heads an hour. <laughs> for me, I was like, what is this absurd sexism that is just like women. You know how women be fighting lamps from space, like just like surreal sexism that makes no fucking sense. You know how like, women. You know how women can never get wet enough. That's what that Cardi B song's about, don't you know? <laughs> Lady, <laughs> where's my Cool Ranch Doritos at? You know how women always be eating Cool Ranch Doritos and then be needing a shower because they're covered. <laughs> Just head to toe in Dorito dust. Ladies, you know how it is. That shower head is not making you feel excited as you did before. You got married and he changed. He got loose. Now you're going to find a new hotness. Don't feel ashamed. Eat, pray, love. Find your inner shower head, Linda. I do love this theory because when he finally got to the place where all the shower heads are, he goes, yeah, so like all of these ones are going to be like really good ones, except for that fucking Glacier Bay. Don't, <laughs> whatever you do, don't. And he looked right at me and he was like, don't get that one. And I knew in my heart what he was saying was that one's going to, it's going to steal your fucking wife. I swear to God. Yeah, that one's amazing, but she'll never fuck you again. <laughs> I'm just imagining now, like, what is this wedding? And it's just a woman full bridal gear, like with the, the veil and everything. And then just a shower head with a tux on for some reason. <laughs> you know how women always be leaving you for the shower head? <laughs> Hey, fellas, you know how women always be looking point blank into the camera and going, now there's four things you need to know about me. <laughs> I love showers. No, really. I love showers. <laughs> this shower head has nine settings for different types of pressure. Uh, Ladies! <laughs> and here is a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This this episode is brought to you by Home Depot. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, more like Ho Depot, right, hey! lady? Lady, I have I've worked at Home Depot. I have so many theories about Home Depot as a temple for masculinity. It is just like every time I worked at a Home Depot, there's all these men that's like, if I fix the broken shower head, 
I can fix my marriage. Like they just tell you all these <laughs> secrets. Like, so my wife died and it's my daughter's birthday and I'm raising my autistic son alone. And I'm just like, so the shower heads are over here. Um, <laughs> I can't help you. I'm not qualified for this. There's some hose in the shower. There's some hose in the shower. Oh my god! This episode is brought to you by uh, Showerheads. By Showerheads, visit your local <laughs> Home Depot and talk to George. Driving a wedge between marriages for eternity, I guess. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, this episode is actually brought to you uh, by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donor. too late there's a lot of she was distracted by the shower head yeah sorry uh yes this episode is brought to you in part by our patreon donor rebecca flanagan um rebecca flanagan or if it's a little bit more uh if it's a little bit more mexican like me it could be rebecca flan again (laughs) what are you talking about it's a delicious delicious goo (laughs) <laughs> that's what comes from the hairy taco oh oh no, no. <laughs> i don't like it this gogurt is stale <laughs> what thanks i hate it ladies <laughs> am i right no. you know how it becomes that time of the month and you poop out a whole flan ladies <laughs> Ladies, you know how that becomes that time of the month and your flan starts to taste like gogurt? Am I right? Ladies. Ladies. Cool ranch flan. Okay. I I do wanna I do I do very quickly, I do wanna point out that our our neighbors are definitely hearing us yell ladies so much and they don't understand they're like are they holding a rave in their home they don't get it they are not no it's uh, just that time of the month where you poop out a flan ladies this is how I imagined anyone who's writing anti-abortion legislation thinks women's bodies work. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. If you, uh, if you want to learn more about our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Um, you can also go to your nearest Home Depot. And just ask any employee. Uh, no, please don't do that. Actually, I'm going to say, please don't, please don't do that. But, uh, yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast, uh, find a bunch of awesome rewards that we have there, and our bonus show, The Speculation Zone. Um, for me, I'm going to say, if you want to send me, <laughs> if you want to send me your uh, your favorite nickname that you've ever heard, and you're like, oh, buddy, that's, a, that's probably cool 20 years ago when they called you that, when they called you... Uh, Dick Humper John or whatever your name is <laughs> but now it means like something completely different you know what I mean if you if you yeah. outdated nicknames send me your favorite outdated nicknames uh, to Instagram or Twitter at Mondo does stuff that's M-A-N-D-O does a stuff hey guys Andre Gazetta here first off I'm gonna say uh, I do have a book out and it's available for pre-order right now until October 14th it is pretty cool. It's a whole series I did. Essentially, it was before quarantine was a thing, and I decided to quarantine myself as an art project and make 30 paintings in 30 days about the tiny studio apartment I live in with my handsome boyfriend. Ladies! <laughs> and our tiny dog. 
Uh, so I have a book and it's all these paintings and I talk about how much I love Armando and apparently Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, if you want to check that out, it's available for pre-order until October 14th at andreagazetta.com slash shop. It's a super amazing book and it's, 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 I know that this sounds kind of weird to say, but it's not like, um, it's not like a bunch of pieces of paper stapled together. Okay. This is like a real bound book with like a really nice quality cover. Um, you're really not going to want to miss out on this. It's an opportunity where like all of these paintings sold for what, like $300 or something minimum. I'm not that great. 250, but sure. Sure. But there was 30 of them. And now you can own all 30 of those paintings along with background on each of them for, what, $30 total? 25 with shipping? 25 with shipping. If you live in Australia, I'm sorry, it's more. You guys are expensive, <laughs> but I love you, all of you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's such an amazing book. If you are interested in Andrea's art or Andrea as a person, you're definitely going to want to get this. Uh, go to andreagazetta.com and you can find all of the information there in the shop. I will also say, though, if you want to send me what your wedding gift registry would be if you married your shower head, <laughs> what gifts do you want? <laughs> Who do you want to invite to the wedding? What do the engagement photos look like? I want to know about it. Send it to me on all the things at Sundress Comic or at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram. It's a I look forward. It's, it's just luxury fight. loofahs. <laughs> It's a beautiful baby faucet. Mwah. We're going to name her Farah. <laughs> and that's how Farah Fawcett was born. <laughs> that's why her bangs always look adorably swept away. Ah. Guys, I want recommendations for movies to watch during that flan time of the month. <laughs> Where you poop a flan and then you have to eat a whole flan because flan doesn't keep that long. <laughs> Look, I'm no gynecologist, but... But I sure am a gynecologist. Oh, ladies! <laughs> I'm more of a gynecologist because it's dining because you eat a flan. That's it's a food. Good. That's pretty good. Do you work at a Home Thank Depot? You. That's pretty good. <laughs> Um, you could send those to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. I feel like I don't know if flan movies are the same as like romance movies when you're on your period, but like maybe just with more caramel. I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of romance movies and having a laugh at them, <gasps> if you love romantic comedies, you should 100% check out our wonderful, lovely Paige Wesley on the new podcast romancing the pod i guarantee i will poop one flan a week <laughs> it is literally my favorite podcast right now because it is so fun to make fun of romantic comedy oh it's so very good it's, it's like fantastic. they were all written by home depot employees it's fucking crazy <laughs> jack i was about to say jack efron <laughs> jack. hey everybody i'm jack efron <laughs> He's the B version of Zac Efron. Zac's my shit just, brother. He, he's just a showerhead. Um, <laughs> and he walked from Colorado to Louisiana just to spray water on that puss. Uh, <laughs> that episode was so oh good. It made no sense. Nicholas Sparks, what are you doing? Oh, oh God. 
If you like Romancing the Pod, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on social media at at romancing the pod show uh unless you're on twitter because they have a queer character limit so it's romancing pod show there you go um and the other two hosts of that are mikey and todd who along with Paige, are also the hosts of horror virgin uh which you should definitely check out if you haven't already but horror virgin and us horror virgin and we i don't know how to say it right. horror virgin and i <laughs> the horror virgin and i are doing a collaborative double feature in conjunction with panic fest this halloween i'll holla yo ween <laughs> that's my job beep, beep, beep. thank you so much <laughs> Yeah, Paige, I already have a hairy taco. Thanks, though. Um, she poops the flan. You hollow the ween. It's it's magic. Uh, if you if you want to see this, but live and unedited. <laughs> Why? Along, Why are these your choices? But okay. Along with some really fun games that we're going to be playing with everybody um, to give us something to do on Halloween, then you should definitely thinking about joining us on Saturday, October 31st at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which which is 8 p.m. Eastern time, we will be doing a virtual live double feature podcast event with us and Horror Virgin. Um, if you buy a ticket, you will be able to download and watch the show at a later time of your choosing. Um, tickets are available for $20 on our website, cultpodcastshow.com. Um, they are available up until the day of the event. However, we have limited edition merch and that we are going to be extending by one week. Um, for one more week, you can get this limited edition tricks or treat tricks and treats shirt, uh, which is a collaborative effort between us and Horror Virgin. It's super fucking duper cool. I'm super I'm so excited to wear it. Um, I'm so excited to make it. Uh, What's the last day you can get that? The last day to get those shirts is on Thursday, October 15th at 11.59 p.m. Uh, if you want to get a shirt, you need to get one in the next uh, couple of days because they are a pre-order limited edition shirt that ensures that we do not waste any of these shirts. I'm super fucking psyched to get them. Design is so cool. Yeah, I know. They're they're super dope. I'm, I'm honestly in love with the design and I cannot wait to have one. Um, if you want one, a limited edition piece of Colt podcast horror virgin history you definitely got to order in the next few days uh that is available at coltpodcastshow.com in our store uh you can also find a bundle where you will save five dollars on a ticket or a shirt uh when you buy them together super cool i'm mostly excited to wear a shirt to work with my own face on it and confuse everybody (laughs) (laughs) hard same (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> and if you uh, if you want some more good news, uh, you can now listen to our podcast on Rooster Teeth's official website. Wait, wrong call. My I bad. did. I did. He- I did hear from Rooster Teeth that they loved the fact that we did thirty seconds of uninterrupted chicken noises <laughs> the last time. <laughs> Wait, that we made an announcement. <laughs> I also, I did, I did, I did pitch them uh, a a show idea where all of the Rooster Teeth employees get outside and do like an American Ninja style uh, uh, obstacle course, but we would call it Rooster Teeth Free Range. (laughs) 
Yeah. Can I play one of the chickens that KFC has where I just get extra arms and extra titties? <laughs> and then your legs break and you fall over? Oh, this is so sad. Um, How am I going to get up the warp wall now? If you want to see this, if you want to see this fucking monstrosity show come to life, tweet at Rooster Teeth and at Blaine Gibson. Mostly Blaine Gibson. <laughs> Here's the thing that is upsetting about Rooster Teeth is you would be surprised how many Rooster Teeth members you're like, they're nerds, but they're so ripped. Like, how are the, like, what? Why is that demographic so ripped? How can you play video games and have time to work out? How can you be good at both? How? Henry Cavill, end of discussion. <laughs> That's, yeah, he assembled a computer on Instagram and I bought a new shower head. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough, the shower head also can't fit in Henry Cavill's jackets from Manolo. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, speaking of what of Rooster Teeth, uh, we will be available on their official website. This doesn't change anything. You can still listen to us wherever you already enjoy listening to us. Um, they're just going to be available there now too. It's a it's another place where you can find us, uh, and that website is roosterteeth.com. Um, if you sign up for their app, you can actually listen to that panel we did with Red uh, Red Web and Black Box Down, the true crime discussion panel. That was such a fun mm -hmm. panel. They yeah. were great. They, they, it's up there. You can watch it anytime that you want to. They're not just rebroadcasting it. It's just fucking there. Um, it's super cool, and it was one of the funnest experiences that I think we've done doing this podcast it was so much fun it was very very fun yeah Great. so yeah roosterteeth.com uh go check it out that starts this monday uh we've got about 20 fucking episodes up there right now so if you want to get somebody into it uh there's so many episodes to look at that's the other thing is i have been personally re-uploading them one by one so it's just like oh fucking remember that hour of my life yep love that uh, over and over and over again. It's actually kind of really sweet when you're just like, oh yeah, there's there's all of Hell's Angels. There's Waco. There's uh, Timothy McVeigh. There's fucking uh, Guru Fight. Um, this is so like many uh, other great moments. This is the cult podcast segment of seeing the cult podcast flash before your eyes. We're like, oh my god, I forgot I did that. I know, yeah. And that's <laughs> all of those ones that I just mentioned, including fucking Sylvester Graham, Mary Baker Eddy, uh, all of these. Ooh fucking great episodes those are in 20 episodes and that's just like what less than a fucking less than a quarter of our whole backlog jesus there's so many of these so uh go listen to it on roosterteeth.com go get a friend to listen to it on roosterteeth.com go get a fucking rooster raise it right don't give it hormones and make it listen to us on roosterteeth.com um, if you like our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us uh, an email, like uh, a link to <laughs> to the best showerheads on Amazon.com. Actually, no, fuck Amazon. You can send us a link to a showerhead from a showerhead manufacturer at uh, Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Some man who carves showerheads from scratch out of... <laughs> wood or marble or whatever uh on etsy i wouldn't be i wouldn't be fucking surprised if that was henry cavill's new thing <laughs> i would be surprised if gwyneth paltrow came out with a jade Ooh. shower head <laughs> the only shower head meant to be inserted <laughs> so uh if you want to send us the new jade shower head <laughs> you could send that to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the shining. shining. 
Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, uh, don't drink anything that a hairy taco prepared for you. They don't, <laughs> <laughs> they don't wear their nets. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. There's some flan in my drink. Excuse me. There are pubes on my Coke. Oh, <laughs> oh ladies. <laughs> and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.